Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet, a betting site with a difference. Not only are we offering the best available odds on a United win, we've also got exclusive special bets created by Reds. And as we share half our net profits with the United supporters community, no matter what, the fans can always end up winning. Check out our website, redarmybet.com, or download the app, Red Army Bet. About fans, by fans, for fans. Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten. I'm in that massive shopping centre next to West Ham's new ground. This is about as far as a pre-match before Upton Park as you can find. It's all chain bars. Um, you, you see the odd West Ham shirt, but it's hard at this moment to know that there's a football game on where there's going to be... 56,000 people in. West Ham are the fourth best supported team in the Premier League this season. They've got a higher average crowd than Manchester City, than Newcastle United, uh, than, than Liverpool. And their ground move has not been popular with a lot of fans. I had arranged to meet a couple of West Ham fans. I'm going to try and meet a few closer to the ground, but just sat at a table with some United fans. Going to speak to them. Uh, Anthony Crawler who's been a guest on the podcast before he's also been a world champion boxer cheers for joining us Anthony how are you feeling yeah, I'm good thanks for having us mate I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to the match Probably first time first time here and um, you just mentioned then it I haven't really got the football feel of it you know match day feel about it but hopefully when we get close to the ground we get that we're going to meet the ICF in about 12 minutes so we've got a mob of 80 so are you up for it no, I just want a yes or no can you fight if it goes well like to think I can have a go if it goes I'll be ready um, you, well done on your last fight when you, that was in Cardiff a couple of weeks ago wasn't yes. it and a load of lads went down oh, to Cardiff to support you honestly great support um, I was made up of it as always I mean, can you hear him the, honestly yeah the promoter Eddie Yearn about 15 minutes before my fight he come in the changing rooms and he said, he said, you're a lot of mental. He loved it. He loves it. But he was going, you're a lot of mental. Like, all you could hear was United songs, all on the concourses, everything. And that was like from a few hours earlier. I'm right in the town centre as well. The amount of people who were sending venue. me videos. And it's good to look back after the fire that I'm thinking, you know, I'm thankful that they come down and support us. So you're working on organising your next fight and in the meantime, you get into as many United games as you can? Yes, yes, because obviously because of how the fight fell. I've just been on my stag do as well. Um, Where to? Real. Uh, real. Real via Thailand. You went so, to Thailand? Yes, I went to How Thailand. How many of you? There was around just under 40 of us. So, so you went to like the museums of Bangkok yeah. and you had a look around? The museums and Thailand's got some great fishing spots. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, we are. there's some big catches. Some big, yeah. <laughs> no, I nearly killed myself. I wanted to what's it like for skipping. I, but you only have to look on my Instagram to see what we was up to. But uh, forty of you in yes, Thailand. Yes. So and we, it was when the it was great actually when the Arsenal game was on. We was in Samira and um, we went to a bit of United pub there, an Irish bar. And um, obviously when um, when Fellaini pulled the header in, unbelievable. Set the night right off with the time difference. It set the night off that did. So I've never mentioned Simiri on this podcast before, but now you've said it, I've got a story because in 1995, Manchester United were about to play a pre-season tour in Thailand and in Malaysia. So I went out there with my mates and there were lads who went to every game and we're in Simiri, but the tour never got... It's like, we're going to tell you next week, next week, next week. And we were there and they never played in Thailand despite us going there. Two days before they said, right, we've got a game in Malaysia on Thursday. 
In fact, we've got two games in Malaysia against the same team in the same stadium. It was absolutely... It just wouldn't happen now. You know, because they're really well organised, the pre-season tours. And, um, There's worse places to be stopped, though. Yeah, I mean, it's a great place. It was, it was 1995 in, in Koh Samui, in Koh Panyan yes. and Koh Tao. It was just full of all these... Koh Panyan was like all these drugged up party kids. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We're getting distracted here. I know. Um, what have you made of United um, this season? It's sort of winding down now, isn't it? Yeah, it's been. I think mean, it's been a season of ups and downs. It's. Um, I mean, listen, a lot, a lot rides on uh, winning the FA Cup as well. So I don't. What say to save the season? Because although the football hasn't been the most entertaining at times, no matter what we say, when we look at it, it has been progression. But. Um, it's important to get a piece of silverware and um, it's just it's disappointing you know we should I believe we should have been challenging for the title this year and when you look at how many silly points we've dropped I mean listen no all teams okay well if if we drop points we drop points but we threw away so many points I believe this season and um, if not if we hadn't then we'd certainly be challenging for the title finally which players have most impressed you this year and who've disappointed for me this is one of our players of the season I mean I don't know I don't see how it can't be a popular choice for me. I think Ashley Young's been brilliant. I think Ashley Young's been brilliant. And what we love about Young is um, he's just united through and through each other. I remember at the derby the other week, I think like the police sort of security sort of tried to stop him coming over to the fans. He just he palmed them off and it was brilliant. That was one of my favourite parts of the season actually. One of the last I think Lingard, I think Lingard's had a great season. Um disappointment. Said so I was there's been a few, I mean Martial, how talented he is, has been has been disappointing. But um, also, Pogba blows hot and cold, and just seeing the talent that the man's got, we just want to see a little bit more consistency because he's, he's an unbelievable talent. There's no doubt in that. But yeah, I think like say we we're going to strengthen up in the summer. I think we have to, and um, expect us to be challenging next season. And then when we get news of your next fight, we'll put it out there. United we stands always support yes. supported you. You have I appreciate and, um, that. And, and good luck I'm glad you got over your stag do in Thailand when's Just the wedding? About. it's not till August so uh, we might get a UK leg in or a European leg as well Stoney so you've been to West Ham many oh, times lo- loads of times loads of times from the, from the 80s um, I'm just trying to think of the, the great games that we've had. But, uh, well, we lost the league here effectively in '92 and in '95. That's right. Yeah, I remember. I remember '95. Um, Liverpool were playing Blackburn, weren't they? Yeah. 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 I didn't expect us to win that day. I don't think. No. I, I just remember being floored in '92. Yeah. I remember trying to do my own work on the coach down. That went well. What was the name of the keeper who played for? For uh, West Ham that day, he was, called, he was linked um, with United for a long time, and he never. It was called Ludo McCluss. That's the one. Yes, yeah. like, yeah. that was and a '95 one. Yeah, and yeah. He, he had a stormer. Yeah, he had a stormer that day. And Andy Cole, he struggled to block the ball in the net. But uh, what was it like in the '80s coming here? It's quite a dangerous place now. I used to uh, in the '80s. I, I went on for a, for a good period. I went on select the coaches that went from Gorton. And I was only a young kid, but there was a lot of the older lads, and it was always very, very lively. And um, it was a dangerous place to come. I, I remember coming one of the first times I came. There was a metal detector on the on the turnstile, and I thought, Jesus, what, what have I let myself into here? But um, yeah, it was always lively. It was like their FA Cup final, and they've had a few characters down the down the years who hated us, like Ruddock and Julian Dix. 
But um, you also had that season in the 80s when they had a really entertaining side with, with Cotty and McAvenny. They came third. Yeah, that's right. I think that was their highest ever finish. They, that was a quality side and they played really good football. I think Ron Lyle was the manager at the time. But um, looking back recently, it was when Ra- Rashford scored that screamer in the Brilliant. final. And then obviously Rooney getting that attic where he scored from the halfway line. But um, I feel sorry for West Ham fans. You know, they left an established old school ground in the East End of London to uh, move to this monstrosity. I was here last season. I brought me two youngest, and we couldn't have got further back from the pitch if we wanted. I think we were on row 53, and uh, obviously you got the track round it. It was just, you know, for them going to an away game, it was it was bobbins. But, um, I was, I was researching yesterday games between United and West Ham and when United finished second in 87-88 there are similarities with this season we were never in the running Liverpool ran away and I looked at what West Ham had won since then and what Manchester United have won in the last 30 years Manchester United have won 45 trophies West Ham have not won one so you can see why they've got to be because they're a big club they're yeah. a very proud club and they're a great club in many ways yeah. you know? I know loads of proper good West Ham fans and one of the best atmospheres I have ever seen was West Ham in the 1991 FA Cup semi-final at Villa Park they were getting hammered and the whole end was just bouncing for ages I respect West Ham I think you've got to respect West Ham proper club remember when they came to Old Trafford in the quarterfinals of the cup I think it was 85 and Whiteside scored a trick and they brought thousands that day and there was there was trouble all over the place but yeah they're a proper club you know you can't knock them you know it's just a, a shame the way it's gone for them uh, that they've had to move out to this uh, to this ground I bet Spurs are happy that they didn't move here because they were muted to move here as well so yeah it's one of them they'd probably be like City you know they didn't settle for a long time at the Etihad and now obviously Elves having one and a half billion pumped into you they've got a, a team and obviously it's improved but I think these are going to struggle for a long time here at this ground Gentlemen from next year where is your accent from? No no I can't introduce your accent where are you from? Uh, from Tipperary From Tipperary I've lived in Essex for 30 years <laughs> and you've been going to United for, for a long long time? Yeah, since I came over here in 1987 And how many games would you get to in a season? Uh, probably 90% of games home and away from Essex and originally from Tipperary and is Tipperary I assume that you go back there quite a while a lot of United fans a lot of Liverpool fans there yes there's mainly United, Liverpool and Arsenal from my age group Uh, growing up as kids that's um, who you supported a few Leeds fans because Leeds were half decent in the early 70s um, but mainly, mainly United and town I come from. So you decided not to adopt an, an Essex accent because you, is your accent still strong Tipperary? Sounds it to me. Um, what have you made of United then this season? Um, it's been disappointing because you know the teams we've lost against, um, where we could have picked up points, we could have been a lot nearer to City and challenging more for the title. So, so those stupid defeats at Huddersfield, Newcastle United away, the, the promoted teams at the bottom of the table, West Brom, it's so frustrating, isn't it? It is very frustrating, you know. They're teams that, you know, you look you look at the fixtures at the start of the season and you're kind of ticking them off, well, that's three points, that's three points, but it doesn't always happen like that, But which is quite disappointing. 
Manchester United have got a great history of Irish players. <coughs> As football has become more global, invariably a country with four or five million people is going to lose out. But <coughs> it's quite sad, no? Yeah, it is. It is very. Your, your sad. Keens, your Irwins, your, well, you're not your Mer- Kevin Morans. There's loads. McGrath. And I think it reflects on the Stapleton Irish team at the moment. Um, you're not getting the players coming through or getting the chance like you did years ago. Players from Shamrock Rovers, Home Farm, Shelburne, St Pat's. Jerry Daly came through there. That's, that's right, Jerry Daly. Um, United have had a history of having a big tradition of having Irish players playing for them, and sad to see now that they don't have anybody in the first team squad. I mean, even a city like Cork, with a quarter of a million people, has given six established Manchester United, including a manager. I don't think there's any city in the world that small which has given Manchester United so many players but it's a bygone <coughs> it's a relic isn't it it's not going to happen again yeah no I can't I can't see it happen again because I think there's too much money in the game nowadays and instead of letting these people and, and I think it's um, it's not only just Ireland that's happening to it's Scotland Wales the, you know the home the home countries they're not getting that chance where they did years ago because of so much foreign players coming into the English game um, and that's it's sad to see that we're going to come up against Patrice Evra tonight David Moyes tonight Chicharito tonight couple of seconds on each how do you rate each of them for their contribution to Manchester United oh, yeah. pa- Paddy Paddy was class act so he was um, Chicharito um, love Chicharito you're building up to Mr Moyes here um, well, David Moyes I think job was just too big for him you know um, that's all I can say about that what about the three that we're going to come up against tonight Stoney Chicharito yeah you know sad to see him go we, he was one of them impact players that could come off the bench and, and you know and grab a goal but uh, Patrice Ever was a great servant got Man United loves Man United yeah sad to see him go but David Moyes like Tony said he was just you know he had no pedigree the job was too big for him and um, you know any any manager who, who sits you know sits on the bench when we can see the goal with his head in his hands doesn't belong at Manchester United and uh, I, I, I wasn't sorry when he went Anthony Evra Chicharito and David Moyes Um, Evra obviously United through and through you reckon you could have Evra because he's hard you know he's from a really rough estate if it was no feet allowed sorry one sec Um, (laughs) one sec mate one sec oops (laughs) just paying for some food here just building up arranging a fight between Anthony Crawler and Patrice Evra (laughs) And Cass Pennant when he comes round the corner. Imagine if like the RCF did come round the corner now. <laughs> Just going in the toilets, lads. Uh, we're gonna have anyone with us. We might as well have him. Aren't we? He's a he's a professional fighter. Uh, right. Could you have Evra? And I'm gonna let him listen to this. I don't. If you weren't allowed to use his feet, I'd fancy my chances. But I saw that high kick that he uh, that roundhouse he gave out the other week, so I'm not so sure, mate. But. No, he seems. Um, he's hard. He's, yeah, he seems he can have Where's a right go. His background, his speed, fast. Um, yeah, fast. that's it. Fast as little, well. But he can jump high. I wouldn't. Uh, I've got to be honest. I don't think I fancy the chances. But no, everyone loves Ebro. Um, Chicharito. Oh, do you know what? I was gutted on. And do we get rid of some, some stupid like seven and a half million? I thought it was. I thought it was a great play. I think one of the lads just mentioned it then. To come off the bench, for a natural goal scorer. And um, Mexico have got. A mad history in boxing. Supposedly he used to win 
like sports awards, all the boxers in there. So it was, it was Mexico huge produces boxers. Oh, yeah, yeah, mate, yeah. some all time great. And Morris is massive in Mexico. Yes, as well. he is. He is. But Chikorito, I hear he's a, I hear he's a god out there. And uh, no, I was gutted them. We lost him, and uh, I think he'll get a good reception tonight. And uh, um, David Moyes, I just, I just felt that, like everyone's saying, the job was just too big for him. And I remember thinking. At the start of the season to the end of the season, it looked like he'd aged about 20 years in a season, and uh, I just think the job was too big for him. Addison, I think he, he gave, you know, he gave everything, tried doing well, but it just wasn't for him. And I don't want to start crucifying, but the, the job just wasn't for him. Thank you for your time. I'm going to head towards the ground now. It's post-match after United's all this draw away at uh, that fantastic London Stadium home of West Ham United who uh, according to United fans aren't West Ham anymore that touched a nerve I can assure you pretty dismal game dismal event dismal evening not a lot to uh, shout about really um, Andy Mitten's clearly short of content because he was doing a podcast and he's just texted me to say do me a favour get me some post-match reaction uh, from the bus so here I am um, on the bus coming back somewhere on the M25 we got away alright but it's still yet another midweek night where United fans who've taken a day off work and I know I say this every time but it does matter day off work slept it all the way down here at great cost um, we're going to get home at dick at o'clock probably 3 o'clock instead of maybe 4 like it was at Brighton but it's going to be a long night uh, most United fans are in good spirits uh, second place for those who care has been secured uh, I class that as just top of failure and absolutely nothing else. Um, tonight probably represented United season more than anything else. Um, the occasional bit of okayness, but other than that, dull, pragmatic, um, and uh, absolutely no flair, and very, very much not in keeping with United's reputation. And you kind of get the impression that the manager's moving fairly close now to that tipping point of fans starting to get over the edge of this isn't right now so I think everybody's appreciated where United have come from and where they've come to under him but everybody I think is now starting to be of that opinion that what we're watching certainly in the last two games albeit admittedly at the end of the season um, where not a lot's riding on it and there's a more important game on the horizon with the cup final coming up but still people who are travelling upwards of 400 mile round trips at cost not just in terms of getting here but loss of earnings for taking time off do deserve to see goals do deserve to see better performances and not the lacklustre dullness that we saw this evening so anyway I'll capture a bit of opinion I'll see who's still awake um, buses in darkness music's on people are having a bit of a drink Graham I'm going to just have a quick word with you if that's alright um, dull as dishwater uh, yeah, <laughs> I think you've hit the nail on the egg, but I think that's been the last part of this season. Dull, dull drab, and I think we need to really liven this team up. I think potentially, I think we're, we're nearly there with it, but he won't let us go. He just won't let us go. Steve, honestly, I thought the first half, I thought United played really well. The best I've seen him play for a long time. But what, what was annoying me was McTonomy. He was, he was like being held in a position where he wouldn't go beyond the pass. He was passing it square, but not running into space. And I'm thinking, well, that's down to Mourinho not letting him do what he wants to do. He should have been going on. And I thought, he's only going to get better. He was awake. 
It's fucking it's like a second half. It's sat down. Steve, let's get keep checking it. No, I, w- I wasn't drunk. I was just getting frustrated with the way we was playing because I genuinely thought United played really well at times, but we didn't have the the extra option up front. And I thought Sanchez, that's the best game he's played for us. And he actually thought Lingard had a great game. And I don't normally say that about him, but I thought his link-up play and everything. But it was just, it seemed we were being restricted all the time in the in the last third. The thing is though, right, that's, and I've just sort of alluded to it before we came here, that's Brighton and West Ham now, four and a half hundred mile round trips, blah, blah, blah. And yet both performances were pretty lacklustre for me. I agree with you, first half was all right, but the whole second half just absolutely petered out. Weird atmosphere, weird stadium, horrible performance. Of all the places I've ever been anywhere in the world, I think it's the worst stadium I've ever been in. Honestly, I think it's the worst stadium, worst atmosphere. I just don't like it at all. You must have been at the Shea at Halifax in Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about in a modern stadium. It's a terrible terrible I feel sorry for West Ham fans I love West Ham I love going to West Ham and all the old Upton Park and that is a disgrace for the Premiership ground it's a disgrace there's nothing there at all obviously the way the season's petering out you know uh, you can imagine that Saturday or somewhere, Sunday against Watford that's just going to be some kind of final season procession it'll be a a run out for a few players who perhaps might not be yeah. seen at the club next season. Looking forward to it, Michael Carrick playing and being with Graham because I know how much Graham really loves Michael Carrick. Are you a fan? <laughs> I'm not a fan of Michael Carrick, but I'm a fan of the bloke. I don't think there's anything wrong with the bloke. He's, he's been with United for a while, never called United. He's played his bit for United. Not my cup of tea. But what, That's just, my cup of tea. Just why then? Because he's been through United, he's been probably along with Rooney the mainstay of United's yeah, team has, for, for the most probably the most successful period we've ever had he has but I think he's I actually think Michael Carrick plays the game too simple for himself I don't think he's done himself any justice personally I mean if you if you used to look at his stats I bet his stats are absolutely fantastic of passing a ball I bet then if you took them stats apart and see how many killer balls he plays and how many killer passes he plays, his stats would be basically average. His trophy haul's been alright. His, tro- his trophy haul's great. His trophy haul's been unbelievable. Then you look, how many goals did he take the game by the scruff of the neck? And was it Fulham where he run and he hit it? And we all went, oh my God, he's just hit it. And McTominay, in a way, is looking a bit like Carrick, nice and steady. Don't give the ball away, he plays it safe. He needs to do a bit more, he needs to take it on and do a bit more. And I know what he's saying about Carrick. For years, Carrick was always Mr. Steady. Play it simple. I'll tell you what, if McTominay ends up with 400 and odd plus games, well, five titles, a European yeah. club, and every other trophy known to man, I'll, I'll probably well, take that. Well, well I, think, I think if that happens, McTominay and United will have done something correct, but... I reckon if McTominay wins that, he'll have left and gone somewhere <laughs> yeah. else to do it, personally. Um, <laughs> Real somewhere yeah, probably. Um, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, what? Uh, where's your confidence at with regards to the cup final? Well, I actually think there's a, there's a performance in his... Yeah, when, when I see us sometimes, I just think there's a performance there that I'll take any team apart. I really do, but... Yeah, today, today was the, today was an absolute prime example. First half, pretty good. Second half, drab. It's been our season full stop. 
games where we look like we're going to take them to bits and don't. And then, then you, you, you're beating Liverpool and City and Chelsea and Tottenham. Who can separate United, United and Chelsea's fucking... There's, no, there's nothing between them for me. United and Chelsea, there's no... Co- uh, Confidence at all. They're absolute, just slight favourites with uh, with bookies. But Chelsea are shy. We on our if United play, if United delivered our the performance that we played against Spurs in the semi-final, United win that game, don't they? Yeah, I I, I think the main difference is Hazard, without a doubt. If if Hazard weren't playing, I'd say we was hundred percent confident of winning the cup. But with Hazard playing, I think. It's in the balance. It's in the balance. I'm more concerned about as you do. That's who I'm concerned about because he's a nuisance to us. Yeah, to be honest, I'm not. I actually think that the defence hasn't done a huge amount wrong. I mean, you know, we we we're really troubled too much tonight. The best part of tonight was. I don't know if you've seen Phil Jones tripping over the carpet. It's brilliant. But there was an incident today where he lost the ball, Jones, and it was going nowhere, and all of a sudden he set off like a lunatic didn't he and I went oh no I thought he was going to run into the crowd and injure himself <laughs> I, just, I really didn't yeah. understand them substitutions in the last minute or two well, I thought Pogba was a cert to come off because he lost the plot didn't he and it barely do fucking shake someone's hand well he did it well guys give him credit <laughs> right John T how are you not great yeah yeah <laughs> you in a mood over the performance the whole fucking day to be honest yeah. I got I wasn't going to come I was supposed to be doing something else and then I got a text off about half nine last night off Rick and he managed to persuade me to come Yeah. he owes me about 100 quid for this day <laughs> uh, it was fucking shit that well the, the thing is though it's starting to mount up as you know the amount of good performances in the last couple of weeks versus bad is is quite imbalanced now and it that's Brighton that was wank and now tonight sure. it was dull I'm not sure it's a couple of weeks I think it's been the whole season to be honest with you I was talking about before I can't think of a single game all season where we've played well for the whole game Everton someone said before Everton away we played well other than that we've had halves so or 25 minutes at a time where we've played well other than that Spurs in the semi-finals the one that sticks out for me I don't really remember much of that. No, <laughs> no but it is just fucking. It is the tactics are shit. They didn't let the fullbacks cross the halfway line. So you got no one's got any options. It's just slow and laboured. Even when we're playing with wing backs today, Valencia won't go past the halfway line. Are we pinning all this on the manager now? Or are we at some point going to turn around and say to those players, look, just don't fucking do your job properly? I think it's a mixture of the both. Some of the some of the players aren't good enough. And, and some of it's to do with the tactics. I mean, because some of the, the players are good enough to go and with, beat West Ham, but sometimes I do think the tactics that's, restrict that's them a, a lot. That's a, a West Ham that are struggling in the league. They've got a crowd that fucking hate everything about the ground, the team, the manager, the board, just about everything in life. And they're managed by David Moyes, and we couldn't <laughs> string a fucking decent shot on them. I know, I know, it's depressing. It's depressing. It's just. I don't know what it is that they need to do to go forward and, and get close to catching City because it, it doesn't look like they're anywhere near getting close to them. No, no, we're, we're, we're closer to West Ham than we are to City. Probably, yeah. Probably closer, yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't appear like it's going to get any better either, which well, is the problem. I think over the season the football's got worse, not better. Where's, where are you at in terms of Mourinho now as a manager? 
I like Mourinho. It's just his football I don't like. It's it, it just it, it's just not got good to watch. If you win trophies, hi Jim. Hello. Unfortunately, it appears that he's sucking the life and any enjoyment, any pleasure, anything has anything that goes anywhere near him or anything that touches him. So there's no smiling. He's no. He doesn't smile in his. And, and the whole thing is contagious. Place, isn't it? Yeah, the whole thing's becoming contagious, and that just sums it up. No substitutes. The last three minutes, he couldn't be asked to get off the pitch, probably because they've been told to slow down, just for some nonsense. Let's get a point and and not we're, take any risk. He's we're getting by as fans because we love this coach, we love the people on it, we love the buzz of having a laugh with our mates and all this kind of stuff, but without that, you imagine what you, the season no, you, you wouldn't go in the car to watch that, would you? No. You'd have to really struggle to go in the car on your own to watch that. I used to travel all over the place in my car on the own, went before he was, he was coming. If United was a film on the telly, you'd, you'd probably you'd watch it, it and then you'd turn it off, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd turn it off. Yeah. I mean... If I was at home, I'd probably watch Billions. Not wrong with Billions. <laughs> billions, I mean. Oh, billions. Billion. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go and grab... Uh... Rick, how are you? I'm all right, mate, you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was pretty drab, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, still reckon it's better than Brighton on Friday, though, so... Well, you got for the positives, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. We had a few more shots tonight than we did. Yeah, we had a few, didn't we? But it's, uh, it's just dull, isn't it? What what what's he got to change though? Because for me, it's we know that we've got the right. We, for me, I still think we've got the right manager or someone who can handle, who can do the job. We've got enough talent in the squad, but it's not clicking, and someone's got to change. Yeah, I don't know. The, it's like the whole attitude in it at the minute is they seem sort of stuck between two styles of play. But I don't, it, a lot of the players just aren't good enough, are they? But it's worrying that you know they spent obviously spent a lot of money, but. You know, a lot, a lot of players inside in the last few seasons aren't good enough, are they? Well, you know, the thing is, so you're still relying on the players who've been there a long time, but they're still getting in the team probably on merit, aren't they? You know, how many of Mourinho's signings can you actually sit there and say have been top notch? That, that's the worry, isn't it? I mean, I think Lukaku's had a really, really good season, but other than that, I'm trying to remember who he signed. I mean, Zlatan had one good season, obviously, didn't he? Gone now. Well, Lindelof's obviously struggling at the minute. Lindelof's struggling. Mkhitaryan's yeah, Mkhitaryan's been in gone, hasn't he? He's got nowhere near his ability. Exactly. But, you know, Bay looks good every now and then, but he can't even get in the team ahead of Smalling and Jones and Lindelof at the minute. Um, Matic has had a decent season, I think. You know, I think criticism of him has been a bit unfair because I think he's been trying to cover a couple of positions and you know if they sign somebody decent next to him he'll look twice a player but it's uh, I don't know they need a bit of a rethink in the summer don't they I think they're going to have to buy four or five minimum the thing is though do you reckon the board the owners are alright with second place Champions League you know what I mean they, they would probably turn around and say out of his objectives this season not getting to the quarterfinals of the Champions League apart is achievement. No, yeah, absolutely, because they're looking at it from a financial point of view, and prize money is nowhere near as high as the penalties they get on the Adidas contracts if they don't get in the into the Champions League and things like that. So, you know, their criteria is to guarantee the money coming in through the you know through the gate, and that's that's what they're bothered about, isn't it? Um, 
sad state of affairs, but I suppose that's modern football, isn't it? Yeah. You know, they want they want to be competing, but they don't necessarily have to win because that's not that's not going to make a massive difference to the you know to the bottom line. I think you know finishing second, you know, more points than last year, they'll be they'll be happy with that. If they can win the FA Cup, I think they'll probably see it as a decent season. But well, it's a trophy and it's a trophy, a decent league position, and, you know, and we have improved from last year, despite what we just said. It is you know. They have improved without doubt. They've got a lot more points than, than last season, you know. But you, you get a point now that you get a feeling that what happens in all, sort of August to sort of October, November time next year is just an absolute pivotal moment for the club, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of it, you know, in terms of like the style of play as well, comes down to Mourinho doesn't trust his defenders so he's setting the whole team up to cover them and to protect them yeah. and because the, the last thing Mourinho will ever ever do is expose himself to getting dicked by anybody you know they had that one game didn't we at Chelsea where you know that early goal just killed and they got they got well beat last season but that is you know you can pick that one out of probably Mourinho's last five ten years he doesn't he doesn't go anywhere and risk getting embarrassed I heard though um, somebody on a, another podcast for another club said once and I thought it was a really interesting thing to say that one thing Ferguson was not scared of getting hammered. No, no, he's not. You know, and if it, he he wasn't asked about, you know, the, getting beat six one by City was the same as getting beat one 0 He's not asked about no, that. No, no. And, and you kind of think you know, United need a bit more of that. You've got to gamble sometimes, don't you? Responsibly, obviously, but uh, <laughs> you know, but no, you, you have though, aren't you? Um, and that's what people want to see. I mean, you know, not right, nobody wants to see you getting beat five or six, but you know, even. Even if you think back to that that six one uh, against City at Old Trafford, it's because they, they got one, didn't they? And they went a bit gung ho, and you know, and all right, in hindsight, they got dick, but you know, they were having a go, weren't they? I've I've got to the point now where, and this might sound daft, but I want I want United to go behind in games now. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've got to that point. So they've got so they've got to attack. Yeah. yeah, and you look at when United have gone behind, especially of late, they've done well, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, because they've almost got nothing to lose, and they? they've got to go for it a bit more. But it's, uh, I don't know, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's not, obviously it's nowhere near as bad as under Van Gaal, but uh, it's starting to get that feel though for uh, me. Moving on very, very swiftly from that, which you know, might get edited out. Um, FA Cup final, looking forward to it. Yeah, can't wait, can't wait. You're it's confident uh, given the form that we're taking anyway. Um, as confident as you ever are, I think. It's, we're a better team than Chelsea. You know, league table doesn't lie. We're, I don't. I, don't study it but I imagine we're probably eight, nine, ten points ahead of Chelsea maybe something around there and I think we are a better team than them but you know you, you want a little bit of form going into it don't you and I think Sunday's going to be a drab game and there's nothing on it at all and um, they need to, I think, they need to get um, they need to get Lukaku back for that I think but you look at Chelsea and I mean Hazard I think is a brilliant player but other than that there's nobody that really scares you in that team and you know I thought yeah I fancy us and, but more importantly it'll just be a great day out because as much as we don't really like Wembley it's it's always a good trip because you you know everyone gets a ticket we have a good laugh going don't we and an even better one coming home the Wembley in the semi v Spurs was probably our best Wembley experience from start to finish in terms of being there and the day out for quite a long time yeah I reckon definitely since the new Wembley's been in place yeah it's uh, and it was ace I think you know the whole end was just pissed singing having a good time on it it was just you know exactly how you want it to be um, you know had a good pub stop good drink you know it was well, apart from the ambulance and the kid nearly dying that was well yeah but he didn't die and that's what you've got to think about <laughs> Blackie I've got a minute left sum up where United are at I think we're in a lot better position than people are making out 
and for, it just it just gets me a bit pissed off that behind us tonight we, we stood there weren't we tonight and we had two alternative views behind us and someone was shouting shoot every time Sanchez and Pogba and Wingard got near the ball and then when they shot someone else was shouting what fucking hell are you doing shooting and I think as a support we're a bit mixed up because I don't think we know what's good and what's not because we're basing it on probably what we are starting to believe is a fantastic football that we played every single week under Ferguson but how many second halves did we used to sit at Old Trafford and go, oh Christ, look at the changes for us. And we used to sit out and play out two or three nils. I admit, United are not going for teams in the first half and killing the game. And that makes a big difference to where we're sat in the second half with nil nils, worried where the goal is going to come from. We've got, I think we've made so much progress with this team. I think we've got, you know, uh, the hair getting the golden gloves fact we've made second the fact we're in the FA Cup final the fact we won two trophies last year I think sometimes you can what what are we wishing for because who would we replace Marino with and if you look at Marino's ex-sides if you look at the sides that he had at Real Madrid they scored over 100 goals in the season they got record points uh, Chelsea scored lots and lots of goals let him build more than his seven players he's been allowed to bring in and let him build a team that he wants to build the match the 22 players that Guardiola's brought in at City. You get the sense that the cup final is really important for him, don't you? I think the cup final is very important for us all because at the end of the season, we'll have, hopefully, another piece of silverware and we will have second and we will have made real, tangible progress because the press have told us that the best teams behind City are Tottenham and Liverpool and actually they're struggling for that fourth place. You know? Yeah. Um, Going into a cup final with not scoring at Brighton, not scoring at West Ham and assuming that Watford's not going to set any goal-scoring records uh, either. Um, it's not great form though, is it? He's want to be going in in better form. No, he plays strange mind games, doesn't he? He plays strange games, but you know, he's always played that strange game. The season that Liverpool and City were going for the league, Chelsea were right in there and all of a sudden it seemingly like, seemed like he wanted to prove a point, so he dropped them off. And then at the end of the season, said, so look, I need players. Bought the players and won the league from next year. You think there's a bit of mind games playing with the team at Brighton where afterwards he was quite quick to say, and I think we spoke at the time, oh, look, I told you they weren't good enough. I think again tonight, he knows Lukaku is his main striker and he is going to get him that one in two or just above. And he is desperate to get him back because if we haven't got anyone else. What we haven't got is any strength in depth anyway. You look at that player, the, the lad that played, um, we were talking at, what's it called, Anarovic, that played up front for West Ham today. You know, we just, I know he's not a world-class player, but you know, someone like that, to take a punt on, to play when you haven't got Lukaku, to play, to change things around, with a bit of steel, he turns more inside out. You know, I just wonder if you sometimes you need a better squad, because at the moment, we're relying on no one up front. If, uh, if he's not there because Rashford isn't a centre forward last question when I come to see you after the cup final in the coach park will we have won it? Um, yeah I think we probably will <laughs> you weren't exactly I'm funny not, yourself were really. you that's not like you right that'll do sorry it was a bit straight laced but uh, you can uh, we'll be back with some of the more lunacy stuff uh, at the cup final but uh, thought it was good to get some opinion in the game as you can hear it's a little downbeat um, most people are uh, sort of just getting to that end of season mode now thinking we just want it to end 
hopefully end it with a trophy and then uh, head off into the summer and uh, have a bit of a break and hopefully United can re uh, reconvene in August uh, with a new look squad and a new mindset and a new attitude but uh, I think that's what everybody's sort of rooting for uh, and we've got the whole summer to do that anyway that's us done um, I'm going to hand you back to the boss and uh, I might be back um, I don't know who's doing Watford, it might be me and the sellers. Um, so if it is, I'll see you then. Other than that, thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the latest United We Stand podcast brought to you by Red Army Bet. We offer the best available odds on a United win as well as a host of special bets created by Red. With half our net profits being donated to United supporters groups, Red Army Bet is about fans, by fans, for fans. Check out our website, redarmybet.com or download the app. Red Army Bet, we all follow United.